Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 211 of the podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I'm talking about the Angels firing manager, Joe Madden. The Los Angeles Angels have fired manager Joe Madden after losing his last 12 games with the team. In less than three seasons with the Angels, Madden had a 157-172 record. He was one of the highest paid managers in baseball due to his outstanding track record of turning losing teams into winners. His first stint as a manager was with the Tampa Bay Rays from 2006 to 2014. In 2008, in Madden's third year with the Rays, Madden won 97 games. The team's previous franchise high was 70, and that postseason he led the team to their first World Series appearance, where they lost in six games to Cole Hamels and the Philadelphia Phillies. In his nine seasons at the helm with the Rays, Madden took the team to the postseason four times. This is a Rays team who had lost at least 90 games in their first decade of existence and in that time span lost 100 games three times. The Tampa Bay Rays were one of the worst teams in baseball history. And I think it's long been forgotten because they've turned into one of the most consistent teams that for the longest time the Rays were just a place for older players no longer in their heyday. These include third baseman Wade Boggs, who told the Rays he'd enter the Hall of Fame as a member of the team. Boggs hit his 3,000th hit as a Ray. Fred McGriff, who spent five years with the team and has hit the seventh most home runs in franchise history. You also have sluggers Greg Vaughn, Tino Martinez, and Jose Canseco all spent time with the Rays near the end of their careers. The Rays were truly a franchise going nowhere with older players no longer in their prime and they weren't winning baseball games. And if they kept being that bad for that much longer, there probably wouldn't be baseball in Tampa Bay right now. How the Rays with Madden were able to turn it around was through establishing young players and they had a ton of high draft picks, but give them credit they hit on some big ones. Outfielder Carl Crawford while with the Rays was a four-time All-Star, a Gold Glover, a Silver Slugger Award winner, and led the American League in stolen base four years in a row from 2003 to 2007. Third baseman Evan Longoria hit a franchise record 261 home runs. He was also Rookie of the Year in 2008, a three-time All-Star, a three-time Gold Glove Award winner, and won two Silver Slugger Awards. Outfielder B.J. Upton, who was a dual threat with his power and speed, had three seasons of 20 or more homers, five seasons of 30 or more stolen bases, and from 2008 to 2010, he had three years in a row with over 40 stolen bases. The team also had super utility man Ben Zobris, who made two all-star games for the Rays while playing every position other than catcher, while having three seasons of 20 or more home runs. And in 2007, at 29 years old, first baseman Carlos Pena enjoyed a career rebirth with the Rays, hitting 46 home runs, still the most by a Ray in a single season and drove in 121 runs. Pena would go on to hit 31 in 2008 and 39 homers in 2009, and in that time he was an all-star in 2009 and a Gold Glove Award winner, and he won Comeback Player of the Year in 2007. And Pena led the American League in home runs in 2009. The Rays in this time period also had some elite starting pitching. Scott Casimir was a two-time all-star 
struck out a league-leading 226 batters in 2007. David Price is one of two Rays to win a Cy Young that same year in 2012. Price also led the league in wins and had the lowest earned run average. With the Rays, Price was a free-time All-Star. And then you have James Shields, who for six seasons in a row was super reliable, making at least 30 starts, winning at least 11 games, and in each season through 200 innings or more. You don't see that anymore in today's game. The Madden-led Rays were stacked, and if they had stayed together, I think they would have won a World Series title because those Madden-led Rays were stacked. They had some of the best players in all of baseball. But unlike their divisional rivals, the Yankees and Red Sox, who routinely have a payroll of over $200 million, the Rays are usually on the other end of the spectrum. In fact, the highest payroll for the team during Madden's tenure was $77 million in 2014, which was 28th in all of baseball, and it's the reason they lose stars in their prime. Carl Crawford left for the Red Sox, B.J. Upton for the Atlanta Braves, David Price was traded to the Detroit Tigers, James Shields to Kansas City Royals. One thing that the Rays have done to prevent losing stars in their prime is they try to lock them up before they are superstars who warrant $300 million. In 2008, Evan Longoria, then a rookie, signed a six-year $17 million deal. And in 2012, at 27 years old, he signed a team-friendly six-year $100 million deal, a contract he's still under. Longoria has made $135 million in his big league career and easily could have made over $200 million by now. And the Rays are still using this tactic. Just last year, they signed a then 20-year-old Wander Franco to an 11-year $182 million deal. That sounds great, but if he's as good as people think, he may be worth over $300, maybe even $400 million. The Rays as an organization is really symbolic as to why baseball should have a salary cap. They are not playing the same game as the Red Sox, and they are not playing the same game as the Yankees. That's why it's more special that the Rays are a good baseball team, because the Red Sox and Yankees can just go out and spend an unlimited amount of money, and even if those players aren't good, they are going to be a good team because they can just wash away all of their problems with money. The Rays cannot do that. They need to lock the right guys, and they have zero chance of keeping their really good players. Like, the Yankees can sign Aaron Judge, who's about to be a free agent, but let's look at Rays pitcher Tyler Glass now. There is a 0.0 chance that he ends his career as a member of the Tampa Bay Rays because the Rays will soon not be able to afford him. I mean, at the beginning of this season, the Rays traded one of their best hitters, Austin Meadows. Do you know why they traded him? Because they can't afford to keep him long term. He is one of their best hitters, yet they traded him right before the season started. They didn't do that because that's what's best for the team. They did that because they can't afford to pay him. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays are far from the only team like this. You also have the Oakland A's. I mean, right now, the Oakland A's all-star sluggers Matt Chapman and Matt Olson are now playing for other teams. Chapman is on the Toronto Blue Jays and Olson is on the Atlanta Braves. And the reason why is not because the Oakland A's didn't want to keep those players, because they can't afford to keep those players. There's an unfair balance in baseball right now. And the sad thing is, there's no end in sight. And you can't be mad at the Rays. I mean, the system is rigged against them. It favors the teams.
teams like the Red Sox and Yankees who can spend an unlimited amount of money. Those teams, even if they have down years, guess what they're going to do? That offseason, they're going to go and sign the best free agents available. The Rays never get top-notch free agents. They still get older guys like Charlie Morton who helped them get back to the World Series, but that's not the type of top-notch free agents you need to sign if you're going to have long-term success. I mean, the Rays system is built to have short-term success, then trade away your players, and then hit the reset button. And really, it's been happening since Joe Madden led them to the World Series in 2008. They still have to trade their best players away. It's why Blake Snell is on the San Diego Padres. I also think it's one of the biggest reasons why the Rays don't have a loyal fan base, because you never get to grow a relationship with a young player. I mean, the reason that people love the Yankees and Red Sox players is because they get to see them grow and develop. Xander Bogarts has been a member of the Red Sox since 2013, so the fan base is used to seeing him play for the organization. They root for the player. If you're a fan of the Rays, the players aren't there long enough to grow with them. Like last year, the Rays traded shortstop Willie Adamas, who I think is a very good player and has put up some numbers with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are probably going to keep that player, but the Rays had to trade him away? I mean, that's just total nonsense. And it's the reason why the Rays could never develop like a dynasty. Their really only chance is to win one World Series and then reshape the team. It's like those Marlins teams of the 90s. They had Gary Sheffield. They had Moises Alou. They won the World Series and then they traded all of those guys away. That's great. You won your one World Series and you get to celebrate, but it feels hollow if those players don't get to stay and try to repeat. It's not good for the fan base and it's not good for baseball in general. And that had to have played a factor as to why Joe Madden left the Tampa Bay Rays because he wanted to go to a team that was going to be able to compete both on the field and off the field financially with the other big market teams. So after nine years with the Tampa Bay Rays and a 754-705 record with the club, Joe Madden left and immediately became the manager of the Chicago Cubs, where in the first two seasons he experienced tremendous success. In 2015, the Cubs won 99 games and made it to the National League Championship Series for the first time since 2003. In the following season in 2016, the Cubs won the World Series, ending a 108-year drought, and Joe Madden was thought of as a baseball genius. In 2017, he brought the team back to the NLCS. Madden was not only thought of as one of the best managers in baseball, he was thought of as a baseball genius. His last two seasons with the Chicago Cubs were not as glorious though. In 2018, the Cubs lost the wild card game and in 2019, they missed the postseason altogether. There are many out there who think, fairly or not, that that Chicago Cubs team should have won more than one World Series. Especially when you look at that roster. Chris Bryan, John Lester, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, and Javier Baez. That Cubs roster was stacked. 
that. I didn't even mention Kyle Schwarber or Kyle Hendricks. After Madden and the Cubs unceremoniously broke up, everyone knew he would end up as the manager of the LA Angels. Due to his longtime ties with the franchise, Madden was a coach for the team from 1994 to 2005. His stint as manager with the team did not go his way. Madden, in less than three seasons, finished his run with the Angels with a record of 130 and 148. Two fourth place finishes in the division and ends up being fired this year before the first 60 games of the season. Since Mike Sosha managed the Angels for 18 years straight from 2000 to 2018, the Angels have since fired two managers in five years, Brad Ausmus and Joe Madden. Everyone who follows baseball put blind faith that Joe Madden would be the one to turn the Angels around because look at that roster. They have Mike Trout. They have Shohei Otani. At one point, they had Albert Pujols. During the Joe Madden run, they had to release Albert Pujols. It has been a very strange couple of years for the LA Angels. They continue to spend way too much money on offensive players like Anthony Rendon, and then they go cheap with the pitching. Yes, they brought in Noah Syndergaard, and that would have been big news in 2017, but Noah Syndergaard is not the same Noah Syndergaard that he was with the New York Mets. This is what the Angels need to do. They either need to seriously invest a ton of money into starting pitching, or they need to think about trading either Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, because nobody cares that those two players are on your team unless you're making the postseason. I think it's bad for baseball that their best player, Mike Trout, who has been called this generation's Mickey Mantle, has only been to the postseason one time. I mean, that's the equivalent of LeBron James never playing in the NBA postseason. There are a lot of teams making the postseason now in baseball, five in each league. The Angels need to get their act together, and they need to do it now. Mike Trout is not going to be Mike Trout forever. And I think it's rare for baseball to find itself having this issue, because they really haven't in the past. I mean, a lot of their great players usually make the postseason occasionally. I mean, Barry Bonds, when he was at the height of his powers, he made the World Series with the San Francisco Giants. He never won, but Barry Bonds would make the postseason a lot. I don't get what's going on with Mike Trout and the LA Angels, and I don't blame Mike Trout at all. Yes, he's going through some injury issues, but Mike Trout is a three-time AL MVP, and he's only made the postseason in one of those years he won MVP, and that was his first MVP in 2014. Clearly, Madden wasn't getting the job done with the Angels losing 12 games in a row, but I really don't blame him. The way that roster was assembled, I think, is the big issue. You already have Mike Trout. You don't need to pay for Anthony Rendon. You need to pay for elite starting pitching or elite relievers. The pitching on the Angels has been the problem, and it's been the problem this past decade. And this is an organization that used to be stacked with starting pitching. John Lackey, Irvin Santana, Jared Weaver, the list goes on and on. Bartolo Colon, that team had pitching. It used to be known for its pitching. You can't just be known as the team that has Mike Trout and never makes the postseason. At some point, that's either going to have to change or you're going to have to trade Mike Trout. The overall legacy for Madden is a strange one. He overachieved with the Rays going to a World Series. He's the only living manager to win with the Cubs. There's a case for him to make the Hall of Fame. I'm just not sure he's a surefire Hall of Fame 
game manager. I do think failing with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani hurts his legacy. I think maybe he should have gone to at least one more World Series with the Chicago Cubs. And he's not Terry Francona, who has two World Series titles. And he's not Bruce Bochy, who has three World Series titles. He's somewhere in the middle of those two. And I'm not sure that makes him a Hall of Fame manager. I also think what kind of hurts his case is what Kevin Cash is doing with the Rays right now. I mean, Joe Madden left that organization, and now Kevin Cash is thought of as the ideal manager for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think that's somewhat wrong because I do think he's just doing like an impression of Joe Madden. Like, I don't think Kevin Cash is as good of a manager as Joe Madden, but he's getting the credit like he himself is a genius. I mean, Kevin Cash brought the Rays to the World Series in 2019, the same way that Joe Madden brought the Rays to the World Series in 2008. And I think a lot of people now look at Kevin Cash as the best manager in Rays history. And I think that's wrong. I think Joe Madden is far and away the best manager in Tampa Bay Rays history. The difference being when Kevin Cash got there, the Rays with Madden had already established themselves as a super intelligent, consistent franchise. When Joe Madden got there, the Rays were a dumpster fire and he helped turn them around. I don't think Joe Madden is the baseball genius that a lot of people anointed him as. I do, however, think of him when I think of the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, I think he's the figurehead of what they've become. And I think people have forgotten that. And I think when it comes to the Cubs, the guy who gets the most credit for winning that World Series is Theo Epstein. And I'm not going to argue with that. I think Theo Epstein is the best baseball executive of modern times. I mean, he's won two World Series with the Red Sox in 2004 and 2007. And then he wins a World Series with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Madden was a big replacement for Rick Renneria. But again, Theo Epstein had done that before. He fired Grady Little, who was a good manager, and replaced him with Terry Francona, a great manager. I think Joe Madden was icing on the cake. I think that Cubs team was going to win with a better manager, and that's what they got in Joe Madden. People do seem to forget, this is a guy in Madden who won Manager of the Year three times in 2008, 2011, and 2015. And I do sadly think this is the end of the road for Madden as a manager. I mean, he's 68 years old. I don't see him managing again. I don't know who would want him to be their manager. He can't manage a rebuilding team because he won't be there long enough to see them win. And I don't think a team that's on the cusp of winning is going to make Joe Madden their manager. I will say this. I've heard this guy talk a lot, Joe Madden, and I do think he'd be an excellent analyst on like MLB Network or ESPN. I think that that's maybe where his future should lie. He's a very entertaining person. I do see Joe Madden's firing as an end of an era because baseball used to be filled with managers who were baseball lifers and really there's only one guy left in Terry Francona. You used to have Bruce Bochy, Mike Sosha. Again, I would add Joe Madden to that list. These were guys who I have seen manage baseball every 
single year I've watched the sport, I have not watched baseball without Joe Madden in it. Madden was one of those managers that you thought was in charge. I think that's another difference between him and Kevin Cash. Everyone thinks that the Rays front office is making all of the decisions. When Joe Madden was manager of the Rays, you thought he was the boss. Managing the Angels was a bit of a dream job for Madden, so I am sad that that went sour, but overall, I think he's had a stellar managerial career. And who knows, maybe Joe Madden will be given another chance. Dusty Baker just brought the Astros to the World Series. Tony La Russa is still managing the Chicago White Sox. Maybe baseball teams want more than just a yes-man manager, and if so, Joe Madden may be the perfect fit. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday, so please rate, review, and subscribe.